Hello and salutations, all of you great people out there, especially those of you who are Dan Campbell fans. Uh, I love that man. He's a great coach. Welcome yeah, to Respawn Empire, the kick-ass Revenant Gaming Podcast from Ralph Whittier. I'm your host, Adam. He loves the Lions in the offseason, Gumbert. And today we have with us Alex, doesn't watch any sports. Oh, uh, Jesus. Oh. Alex is not here. <laughs> Good Lord. Chad Michael doesn't like any sports in us. Yeah, I'm going to take it. Give me a guess. I'm going to guess, you said it's Lions and Dan Rather is the coach? Dan Campbell (laughs) is the coach. I'm going to guess we're talking about, oh, the Montgomery Biscuits, (laughs) which is, which is a, uh, a sport that I made up last night after I found out about a triple A, or I mean a a minor league baseball team called the Montgomery Biscuits. Uh, And then I said, how about this sport called Biscuits instead? And it's old ladies chucking biscuits into a bucket. And so Dan Campbell coaches the Lions in biscuits. In your biscuit league. Yeah. Was Sorry, that Al, you're going to have to wait. I have a tangent to go on. The funny thing, yeah. I happened to be looking. <laughs> last night I was Googling minor league baseball teams because my city has a minor league team or did. Apparently mm-hmm. they left the MLB minor league circus, in, uh, circus, Jesus, uh, circuit, <laughs> and they're now a different team for a different like affiliated, whatever. Uh, They're not my league anymore. They used to be Lexington Legends. I think they were an Astros AAA team. I don't remember who it was. But my friend used to work for a team that is still a minor league team called the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Blue Wahoos! (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Look up that logo. It's very, very cool. Okay. Uh, okay. But anyways, Alec Bobco, which is the singular of Alex, which is plural... Chad, explained this to me earlier, but Alec, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> you're stepping in and stepping up. Tell everyone about you and what you're doing, because I think you're cool, so let everyone else know about it. Yeah, so I am the host and one of the founders of a content creation group called Shared Screens, and we do make YouTube videos, podcasts. Uh, you can follow us everywhere. Uh, just Google Shared Screens. Uh, not Google Shared Screens, because you're going to find a lot of informational <laughs> articles on how to share your screen. So uh, the best place, let's say, um, brain is having a brain fart. But yeah, YouTube.com slash Shared Screens, Twitter.com Shared Screens. And yeah, find us on podcast services everywhere. We have a lot of pop culture uh, podcasts. We have a Star Wars one, and then we do a mm. lot of game reviews. It's very good stuff. I like it. I'm there. I listen every week. I'm in the Discord. Come join. It's a good time. By the way, in our Discord chat, I just sent you the logo of the Pensacola. That's a great logo. logo. It looks like Basque Legion from Pokemon. I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I can you. see that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't see, know. I have a single A minor league team in my town. The Grand mm. Rapids, or the, not the, the West Michigan Whitecaps. It's mm, a Detroit like Tigers affiliate. God, I love minor league teams naming and it's just ridiculous. It's, Biscuits mm-hmm. is literally a real team, like Chad was saying. Yes, so I Montgomery love it. Biscuits like is real. Whitecaps, Wahoos. It just doesn't White matter. This is a pretty cool bananas. logo too. It's like a it's like yeah, an angry it wave eating a baseball. Well, you know that because Whitecaps are like the like the white part of the wave. Oh, the top of a wave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know Michigan, famous for their thirty foot tall waves. We exactly. have a minor league. I mean, we, we have a minor league leagues, baseball so game team. <laughs> who is not as fun and is not as imaginative, and they are just the San Jose Giants. And their shit looks almost exactly like the San Francisco Giants. (laughs) I wonder who they're affiliated with. (laughs) Some of the teams are just like that. It's like, hey, we're we're just, we're we're the one right step right underneath and let's just copy their name. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not as fun. Uh, you can catch us live on twitch.tv slash It's Sunday evenings, normally at 8.30 Eastern time. YouTube and podcast services, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern. Upcoming on today's show, we have Zelda's here. I <gasps> hope we have someone who's a Zelda fan here to talk about oh. it. Oh! Ooh. Ooh. We do. And then Sonic got murdered. But first, E3 also got murdered. It's <laughs> from Rebecca Valentine. Oh, at IGN.com. Yeah. Uh, the Entertainment Software Association, the ESA, uh, announced that this year's Electronic Entertainment Expo has been canceled. IGN can confirm. Two sources have confirmed to IGN that the organization announced the cancelization via an email sent out to its members. The email said that while E3, quote, remains a beloved event and brand, that the 2023 version simply did not uh, garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that would showcase the size, strength, and impact of our industry. I've got a, a follow-up. And we'll do that in a second. But just initial, like, we know about it for a couple of days in our real life. But they really did it, man. They just straight up yeah. were like, we're done. What are your thoughts while I crack open this sugar-free, hard Baja Blast Mountain Dew? Oh, oh, so I jealous. wish you would have told me you were doing Mountain Dew hard. I'd have gotten mine. Um, Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, we could kind of see the writing on the wall with Ubisoft, Sega, and all them kind of having pulled out of this year's E3 um i think the question was more of a if just kind of uh outweighing the cost of is the publicity the bad publicity of being a bad e3 this year worth it or do we just you know forego all the fees and cancelization fees and all that for the convention center and all that and clearly we know which way they went so that is a question like how much did this cost because i know like Back in COVID era, maybe there's insurance for it now, but it was like they were not allowed to say things were canceled, even though COVID was canceling everything because you just like couldn't get out of that contract if you just said it. So you had to wait for like the state to be like, yo, you can't do that. And they're like, yep. oh, sorry, we can't do it. So I don't know if laws are different now or whatever, but I wonder, yeah, is it was it going to be that bad? They're like, we'll just take the bath on the millions of dollars or whatever the penalties would be, because I'm mm -hmm. sure that like convention center is like, well. You know, you saved that time. We didn't give it to anybody else. We need our cut still. So yep. that's, uh, you know, it's pretty serious when I get, I'm assuming that they're willing to take a bath on that kind of money. Yeah. Just I, didn't want, like I said, didn't want to take the bad publicity because yeah, this convention was probably going to be pretty empty. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling they went around and they shopped this thing to people. They probably, I, I have this on the brain because I'm watching Hello Tomorrow on apple tv and it's just like this guy his con man who's selling moon like spots on the moon to people um and so like they're going around they're like e3 is gonna be amazing it's gonna be great we're gonna have all these people i'm sure they're like going around to all the partners and vendors and stuff like that selling them on this idea without necessarily yep. having the actual stuff secured and ready to back up and so it just it got close enough in time that everyone was like do you really have anything lined up and then as all these publishers are starting to say like no, we didn't sign anything. We're not going to be there. And then everyone else is like, oh, shit, why am I going? Why am I supporting this? Which really sucks. Like, this was, mm -hmm. this is, a, I honestly, I know we've said this for several years in a row now, but like, I think this is the end for E3. I think if they couldn't bring it back in person, at least this year, I don't think we're going to see it again. I think the people have spoken. I th think that the publishers have have shown that they are more interested and more flexibly able to create these digital presentations instead and then there's just not a space for e3 in a world where comic cons and paxes and all of that kind of stuff exist and it, it's it's no longer the announcement powerhouse that it was and it would now have to become 
just an experience where people go and hang out and play games and stuff like that. And there are already way too many of those that exist. Yep. For that this can't also exist at the same time, which is unfortunate. Or or perhaps can't exist at the same time, like literally at the same time that it used to be now that Summer Games Fest has that. Maybe they move it to a different time of year and they refocus it to something more like a PAX in an area that doesn't necessarily have that traffic already. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised, especially given the news of the CEO of, of Rocket, whatever it is, stepping down. I wouldn't be surprised if we just never see E3 again. Which sucks. But that's the future. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like they, you know, everybody's been going to these showcases or, di you know, online showcases and not an E3 was more of a like almost like a business or marketing meeting to get those kind of deals made. Whereas to show everybody their stuff, it's like, hey, we can spend as much time on these showcases as we want and not have a, a hard deadline to have any all these live things done right because i think that's then, what like, Ubisoft the marketing ran into sorry what was keep that? going Alec, about uh, i think uh the ubisoft ran into of like they just their stuff just wasn't ready to show mm -hmm. or like um they might have had like one or two things but not an entire showcase worth of showing things yeah it yeah. just makes more sense to do it on your own time and your own money Honestly, mm -hmm. if I'm a company, not again, if it was 1998 and I'm trying to sell the Toys R Us, I understand why everyone has to meet up in a convention center, oh, yeah. but it is no longer the place or time and Toys R Us doesn't exist. So, uh, <laughs> right. that as well. unfortunately, well, Toys R Us well, does exist now existence. in Macy's. I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, I guess this convention has now become the, it, it used to be a, Hey, Toys R Us, this is what we're going to sell in your stores. This, and now it is like the, this is the definition of this could have been an email now. Like, we could just email yeah. and say, here's the lineup of everything you're going to sell in your stores. Hate to say it. I do have some follow-ups directly from the ESA after all the business went down. Um, ESA spoke up about it. GameIndustry.biz has published an interview with ESA president and CEO Stanley Pierre-Lewis. Stanley Pierre-Lewis. Am I saying that correctly? Um, probably. It looks French. I don't know if he identifies, like, as full French or whether he's just, like, he's become Americanized. It could be Pierre-Louis. I don't know. Oh, I can't. Yeah. I could never yeah, say that. Uh, in which he was asked about what went wrong with the show and whether or not the show would return in the future. Uh, which that second part, I would really like to know about the future. Uh, when asked uh, yeah. what went wrong with the show this year, Pierre Lewis or Pierre Louis pointed to larger <laughs> industry challenges that proved too much to surmount or too much to, uh, too large to surmount. Excuse me. Uh, this is all a quote now from him. First, several companies have reported that the timeline for game development has been altered since the start of the COVID pandemic. Second. Economic headwinds have caused several companies to reassess how they invest in large marketing events. And third, companies are uh, starting to experiment with how to find the right balance between in-person events and digital marketing opportunities. All of these things I could have told you uh, three years ago. Later in the interview, <laughs> Pierre Louis was asked if ESA members were no longer interested in the event. What E3 could look like if it continued. If E3 needed uh, three big platform holders to have any chance of success. And if E3 return in 2024, a lot of questions, interviewer, a lot of questions. Uh, Pierre-Louis did not provide any direct answer to any of those questions, though he did seem to deny that communication was an issue in setting up E3 2023. Um, I mean, the fact that when someone asks you a direct question, of like, is this going to continue or did you not, could you not do it because Nintendo, Microsoft and PlayStation weren't there? And he's just like, no comment. Uh, well, I don't know if he said no comment. He did not directly answer the questions. That just says to me, like, that probably was the issue. That says it all. Yep. Yeah, that says <laughs> it all to me. 
And sometimes no answer is an answer. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen again. Maybe again, completely different. Maybe do it as a PAX, but just call it E3 at a different time of the year. But I don't think what you think of E3 is ever a thing. Do you think the brand E3 is toxic now? Like if it came back as something else, do you think that it would have a chance? Because I feel like the conversation around E3 for the last four years has been E3 is dead. E3 is dying. Nobody's going to E3. We don't need E3 anymore. We're like, but do you need E4? Or do you need C3 or whatever? Like, Or, you know, some other random ass summer games yeah. fest, festival announcement summer gaming thing. Well, I think that, yeah, that's like I said, there's so many show, like the publishers and uh, platform uh, or console makers, they have the, all their own showcases, so they don't necessarily need E3 like they used to. Um, and then there's all these PAX events and like in-person Comic-Con, all that stuff where it's like the in-person events not really needed. So, yeah, I mean, I could see E3 just not coming back or just that brand kind of dying off. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, with Summer Game Fest having in-person activities this year, like it kind of is E3, yeah. <laughs> like it is at least the marketing part oh, of yeah. E3, like they just, they literally just stole their lunch and changed the name. Yeah. Mm. I, I think know. E3 means nothing to us as people who like care about this kind of stuff, sure. but like today in Good Morning America and all that stuff would be like, oh, that's right. We used to cover E3 and they had the Wii there and Al Roker bold. Mm -hmm. Remember that? That was a big thing. <laughs> um, so Al maybe Roker. the name is... Yeah, he did. It was Al Roker. I remember it. was it. the pinnacle um, of relevance. <laughs> hey, man. Your grandma bought the Wii because she watched Al Roker bold with it. Uh, so I think the name is... Yeah. As a mainstream thing is probably more relevant, but again, to any of us who actually are in the know and care, like people have forgotten since our Roker bold that E3 is a thing, you know, they have to be reminded. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it mattered to them, but it doesn't matter to us. And at the end of the day, who matters more? Me. There you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so I guess we'll move on to playtime. This is where we talk about the things that we played and watched this week. I'm going to start because I just said the thing about watching. So I, I don't know about, I know Chad is definitely not for sure, besides looking up his local minor league teams. I've never been a baseball <laughs> guy. Um, I have been a baseball like, guy. I grew up a Braves fan. Okay. I was like, I was a baseball guy until oh, I got, nice. you know, too busy to care about sports, but. Okay, I didn't yeah. know you were baseball. I just know you don't like football, which is the greatest sports of all time. But true, fine. yeah. Zero, so I playing zero. I don't think I've even seen a full football game. Not even a Super Bowl. You're upsetting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I started playing MLB The Show. Twenty three. Is that the number on it? Yeah. Yep. Um, I've played the show before. I'm like, this is really cool. But I'd never. I played t-ball as a kid, but I never cared about baseball. Uh, football grabbed me, and I stayed with that. But I was like, man, I would like to actually play a good sports game. Um, for once, it's been a couple years. So I got into it and I just put my head down. I'm like, I don't know the rules. I don't know how this works, <laughs> but I'm going to make myself, I'm going to learn mm -hmm. baseball. So I've literally learned parts of baseball through playing MLB the show. Uh, and I just went hard on it for like five or six hours straight. I'm like, I'm going to learn. So I'm, I'm in the minor leagues. We might face the white caps here one of these days. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm learning it. I'm having a great, it's a great game, but I'm just like, mm -hmm. I need to learn baseball. Cause even still trying to like bat, it's like too early. I'm like, I don't know when I'm supposed to fucking swing at a baseball. <laughs> but I tell you what, it would yeah, be a lot it's... easier if you were playing the one with the move controller where you swing the move controller and you pitch right? with it. That was the last MLB, the show I played. And then you could cross save with the Vita. Perfection. Oh yeah. <laughs> like 2014. <Was> like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
but I'm learning. I'm getting there. It is very good. Uh, uh, Alec, have you played MLB at all? I've downloaded this year's. I just downloaded it last night. I haven't got a chance to actually boot it up yet. Uh, but I've the show has always been the games that I always pop into at least some point during the baseball season. Mm. Uh, just like I like that road to the show game mode, yeah. you know, where you build up your player and bring them up from minor leagues into the majors and. Um, it's always just kind of that game. You just kind of easy, just put a uh, stream podcast on and just kind of go to town just because it's like any other sports game. You hear the same commentary after about three games. So don't really need to listen to it. You just need to pay attention and all that or not or to, uh, play the game and all that. And especially with road to the show, you can get through quite a few games in a quick amount of time, just because mm. you're only playing the moments your player is involved in. So you're not playing entire games. Oh yeah, I'm getting through games in like four minutes sometimes. Like if because yeah. I'm a I'm a two way player, um, so mm-hmm. I pitch and then I, I'm a batter. But there are certain games where I only bat like three times, and it's like oh, four minutes and I'm done with this game. Yep, which is great. And again, I've got my podcast in listening to Spider Man in review, just having a good time. With nice, that. <laughs> so fucking fun. Uh, but yeah, I'm learning baseball. It's a fun time. Next up, pour one out for the. Uh, this week is about things dying. By the way. I played Marvel's Avengers. I oh, reinstalled Adam, it. Why? <laughs> well, because the last update just went live on Friday mm, last Friday. Oh, okay. So everything is free now. So again, I haven't played this game in forever. I get on there again. It's content complete. There's all these updates. And I go on. It's like, oh, everything's unlocked now. And it's like, you know, I had Thor loaded up and I clicked on Thor. And it's like, oh, there's 50 costumes that are unlocked now because they just put it in the game, but you know, I wasn't playing it to unlock it at that time. So it's like, oh yeah, let me just put on endgame Thor just right now and go run around and do missions. Mm-hmm. So I'm having fun again. I probably just want to finish the content to, that's in the game and be done with it forever. Um, but it was cool to just be able to like, okay, it's complete. Cause I had, you know, like we talked about, we had fun playing the single player and then the mm-hmm. end game stuff I didn't care about, but it's like, all right, make my dude look cool. The game has been a little bit simplified. Um, and I'm having fun. I'm doing the war for Wakanda stuff right now, running around as black Panther, kicking people real, real high kicks fun so it's all right but i was just you know i'm in that time of year where i'm like man i wish star wars was out already because i would have been playing <laughs> right. yeah right <laughs> i'm playing marvel's soon. avengers soon it's end of the month are you month. at a are you up. at a on a console where you get to play as the spider-mans no oh, i was not damn. gonna go get that game on playstation for that one bad character <laughs> is it, i'm um, sure it's just a reskin of black widow i'm sure yeah isn't it? I mean, I can say that it's not on the PS Plus, like uh, extra or premium or something. I know like it's that. been in one of those Ooh. services for PlayStation at some point. I just don't know if it's there now. Mm, gotcha. I haven't looked. Um, so it might be. I might just, I'll go restart a new game so I can go play Spider Man. <laughs> um, no, I've got the Superior Spider Man and Marvel's Midnight Suns. It's all good. Um, and then lastly, I watched a thing that we've all seen. It's called Dungeons and Dragons Honors Among, Among Thieves. Ooh. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Hey, doggy. Let me tell you. So I am, everyone knows, but Alec, you don't know. So I'm going to tell you. I am <laughs> huge D&D dude. Been doing mm-hmm. a and d podcast for, we looked it up the other day. I think it's been four years, five years. Oh, we've wow. been doing, we've been playing together. Not the podcast mm-hmm. has been out that whole time. Um, so I've been in D&D for a long time. So getting down and sit, watch this movie, it's like, oh man, this is a summer blockbuster. Like, have fun, silly times. But it's like, all the reference. Like, I feel like this and then going to see Mario next week are like, hey, we're going to have a fun, goofy time. And he- yeah. if you know the reference, here's a hundred yep. references to the thing that yep. you like. Yeah, I am into this movie, man. I'm ready to go watch oh, it yeah. again. 
I just found myself getting excited like when they would just mention places like, oh, and then we're going to go down to Baldur's Gate. And I was like, oh, and then they're like, oh, oh we got to go to the Underdark. And I was like, oh, are we going to see Drizzt? No, it turns out we didn't see anybody interesting in the Underdark. Uh, well, but that's the thing. I mean, for me, it's like that dragon, the big chunky dragon. Oh, he God, is a character we need more chunky D&D. dragons. We need more chunky <laughs> dragons. He is pretty cool, but good time. Part, really good time. Like, I'm just recently into D&D, and... Uh, so I got like some references and all that because I've actually before I even started playing D and D, I've been on somehow I got onto D and D TikTok on that side of TikTok. So I've been <laughs> getting some of the references and all that. Um, but the weapon that really stood out to me was the Paladin Sword. Like the moment mm-hmm. where he like uses it as a projectile and he still has a dagger. I'm like, come on, yeah. And then he just goes skink and reattaches the sword in that guy's chest. Yeah. Oh god. And so then cool. uses it like some sort of magic on it. It's like, come on. This is such a cool weapon. Like, just give me a game with that, like, mechanic. That's really cool. It's a really fun movie, I would say. If you have any interest in, especially if you like D&D, you'll get a lot of it. But if you just like, it's Chris Pine being goofy and having fun, just go watch a yeah. fun Chris Pine movie the, for an and, hour and a half. And also the cameo in the middle of the movie. <laughs> like, I so good. Cracked up. He's the king of cameos. What was the other movie where he played a cameo and he was just like, Oh my god! Oh, was this? It was like an artsy movie where this kid plays. I'm gonna, I gotta look it up. Piano. Someone plays piano. No. You look it up because I have no idea what reference you're talking about. It was yes, something pizza. Oh, uh, licorice pizza. Is he in that? Licorice movie? pizza. Yes. He has a he has a role in there as some Madonna's husband or something like that. He's some somebody's <laughs> famous husband. Okay. And he is fucking hysterical. It stole the movie. He's my favorite part of that movie. And then this too, okay. like I saw him too. I was like, no fucking way. That's cool. It's great. I'm glad it's everyone great. enjoyed it. It was really cool. But speaking of E3 and Dungeons and Dragons, Chad, it's that time. Give me the jingle. Oh. We haven't talked about anything that Alec or I played. We're going to get to it after I do my thing. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> segment from Adam, segment from Adam, segment. That's the clown the clown song when you hear like, see clowns getting out of a car. That one. All right, so what I decided to do today, we played this before. Last time we played this, I played, is it D&D or is it Bloodborne? When I was like, oh, I asked Chad yeah, yeah, a series yeah. of questions, is this oh. item or person or thing or whatever in D&D or is it Bloodborne? And he did all right, not great. Um, he's never really good at these hey, games. what are you talking uh, about? <laughs> <laughs> no, you were great, you were great. This time, I'm playing, is it E3 or is it D&D? Oh. So what I've done is, I have a series of 10 things. You guys are both going to give me guesses. Okay. Of um, I have a series of 10 things. It's either a place, a person, or an item, I'll tell you beforehand. And it's either, you know, an item, whatever. It's either a thing from Dungeons & Dragons or a thing from a game announced or shown at E3. And I will say to make it easier, because that's a lot of history, E3 2018 up until now. So think of basically any AAA game from 2018 until now could potentially be in this game we're playing. So... We'll go to number one. Again, you're telling me if it's D&D or if it's E3. Number one, Sierra Nueva. This is a place. Sierra Nueva. Is that a place from D&D or is that a place from a thing that was shown at E3? All I can think about E3. is Sierra, the software company, <laughs> which like has been dead a long time. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Sierra Nueva. That sounds... I don't know. It sounds a little too ethnic for D&D, so I'm going to say it's E3. 
Okay, you guys both so you guys think it's from a video game, yep. basically, is what we're saying. Yep. Okay. It is <clears throat> the place that you play in in Forza 5's, uh, the DLC mm. for Forza Horizon 5. Oh. So, yep. Yep. It is from I mean, 83. From my thought, it was, or my thought was, uh, Starfield. I don't know. For some reason, Starfield just stuck out to me. So, I mean, it's Xbox, in the same vein. So, yeah, it's an Xbox game. It's a, I just a thought, like, there's no Xbox way D&D would have Spanish in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might think. They might have other stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Number two. This one is also a place, D&D or E3, Spine of the World. Can you tell me what Spine of the World is from? Oh, that's, I'm going to say D&D for sure. Hmm. Oh. I have a feeling mm. this is this is not part of my guess. Like I'm not wrong if this is wrong, but like Spine of the mm. World sounds like a dope, like legendary weapon or something like that. Interesting. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking because like I just I know it that's close to a location in in a God of War game, but it's like I'm just mm. thinking like mm. is that it? But like I go D and D. Yeah. You go and then guys keep your keep your scores by putting your fingers yeah, up when you yeah, get something right. Yeah, I've got six. Right. Oh, yeah. sorry, six. No, you've got one. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! And you both have two because finally the nice, world is from D and D. Little uh, little Easter egg here for you at the beginning of that D and D movie when it shows up the title screen and shows the map mm-hmm. where they start the movie at. It is right below it, and you see it like as they're walking on like the uh-huh. glaciers. It's the world, mm. by the way. It is a place in D and D. All right. Cool. Um, next up. This is an item that's either in a video game or D&D. Black Razor. Um, D&D. I'm going I'm to go E3. I'm going to go E3. This sounds Black like Razor. A, a cool like AR from The Division or something. That sounds like <laughs> something Tom Clancy, right? But no, yep. it is. It's a weapon in D&D. It's Damn. a legendary weapon. Hey. It's alive and yeah. it can talk to you, which is pretty yeah, a pretty fun one. Um, I need to start marking these off whenever I'm doing these. <laughs> okay, Adam, <laughs> let's play around. Next up, we'll do another item. Uh, no, actually, we're going to do another place. Faerun. Is Faerun from D&D or is it from something that was shown in E3? I feel like it's in this so is, many this is things. on the border. <laughs> this is on the, yeah. like my first, my mind kind of goes to Fable, but at the same time, it's like that's kind of like that high fantasy, but that's also a lot in D and D. So I'm like, mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. a coin flip. So I'm gonna go E3. I feel like I see. Check. I feel like I see, like for some reason I feel like Faerun. No, maybe it's just Fey from God of War. Faerun. Ah, D and D. I'm gonna go D and D. All right. But I also feel Favorite. like it's in every like I don't know. Is it in is it in that Square Enix game that bombed this year too? Forspoken. Forspoken. Yeah, I wish I could have I'm that. Just, time back. I'm gonna say it's D and D. It's D and D. D and D. By the way, I feel so bad for Alec. I remember he's like, I, I'm the lead reviewer on that. I'm like, oh, buddy, I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> nobody else wanted to play that game. Oh man. Uh, but Faerun <laughs> is from D and D. It is the name of the entire world that the movie takes place in, as well oh. as a lot of oh. Baldur's Gate, the video game, like yeah, everything, all the popular D&D stuff is in the world of Faerun. Uh, all right. Next up, we're going to go with a person. Grand Unifier Raker. Is that from D&D or is that from something shown in E3? Grand Unifier Raker? Yes. That mm. is the character's name. I'm going E3. That sounds like it's from some that sounds like of it's, war kind of thing. 
Yeah, something like that. Or like, I'm thinking like the leader of a cult in Dying Light 2 or something. So I'm going to go E3. Okay, you're both correct. It's the main antagonist of the Guardians of the Galaxy video game. Oh, uh, no wonder that's yeah, why it yeah, sounds yeah, familiar. Yeah, yeah. The Universal like, Life Church bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. yep. All right, I'm going to give you guys a curveball. Not a curveball, fastball. What's an easy ball to hit? <laughs> Change up? <laughs> sure, I'm giving you something easy. Uh, Johnny Silverhand. <laughs> Is that oh, from yeah, E3? Oh, that's, E3. That's, E3. that's E3. That's That's Keanu Reeves, yes. John Wick, Papa John's. Mm -hmm. That's him. That's him. Even though he's breathtaking, you're breathtaking. Oh. Even though technically <laughs> he's a character in Cyberpunk 2077, which is a tabletop RPG, but we're not going to count that. Um, all right, next is a place. Galler. How do you spell it? That's E3. G, G A L A R. Yeah, that's E3. That's Pokemon. That's Pokemon Sword and Shield. Takes place yep. in the Galar region. Well, congratulations. You both got it correct. <laughs> Look at y'all. Very good. All right. Next up, Volo. This is a person. V only Volo. live once. <laughs> Vol only live once. That's him. Volo. Spelled V-O-L-O? Yep. Okay. D&D. Uh, just because I don't... How many points do I have? Seven? Eight? Uh, you're 10, supposed to be I think, count, not me. Yeah, so that sounds good. Uh, I'm going to go just so we're different. I, yeah, just so that we're not tied anymore. I'm going to go E3 because I have no idea. All right. Volo is a character in D&D. He's a main but, character. Hey. By the way, there's a certain portrait that takes. It's in that movie. That is him on the mm -hmm. portrait. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Um, I've got one more person and one more item. All right. We're going to go item first. Tell me if this item is D&D. Or E3. A stim canister. That's E3. That's E3, yeah. Chad, what's it from, since you're so confident? Stim can... I, I can't right now place my finger on it, but it is, it's definitely something that, like, you just go... It's like... Oh, is it Warzone? It's something like that. It's like a stim Ballot pack or something what like it that is. you inject. What is it? It's Fallen Order. Because you got... Oh, it's like, okay. Stim, please. You snap your fingers and no, you, you do stab yeah, yourself yeah. with it. You're right. It heals you. But yeah, it's specifically from Well, that was like a smart little like, Chad, BD. you don't know what this is. I did play and beat Fallen Order in your, it's just so you know. But I you didn't, didn't know enjoy what Stim my Canister was. Yeah, we didn't know what Stim Canister was. Well, it's because I played taste, it when so it came fine. out and I didn't want anything else to do with it for the rest of time. <laughs> Although now I do want to replay it now that all the fucking rope jumps are fixed. <laughs> there you go. All right. Our last one. Is it a person? Oh, it is a person. I'm telling you that. It is a person. <laughs> is it in D&D or is it E3? Strahd von Zonvarovich. Are you pronouncing that correctly? Because that will change Strahd my answer. Strahd von Zarovich. Strahd von Zarovich. Yes. I'm, for the same reason that I thought Sierra Nueva was not D&D, um, &D, I'm going to also say this is not D&D. &D. This is E3. That was going to be my guess as well. E3. You guys are both saying E3. Strahd von Zarovich is a character in D&D. He's basically Dracula, and there's an entire adventure based around having mm. to kill this man who is Dracula. <laughs> but it's Strahd. <laughs> it's called uh, Curse of Strahd. It's very cool. All right, that's the end of the game. I don't know what the scores are. I think Does I won. Does everyone know? <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. uh, I, think I, no I got idea. eight. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, yeah, like you know seven what? or eight sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Somewhere in yeah. there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
I think the Pokemon chat, one you really put know. me over. <laughs> yeah, chat, let me know because I was not keeping yeah. track. D Smitty uh, Games is, is paying attention. D Smitty Games got something D and D related correct, and then he said oh, he's the best. In the world. So it sounds now. like he won. Yeah, Smitty yeah. wins. There you go. Yep, that's my segment. Uh, you guys can go talk about what you're talking about. I just wanted to interrupt because that was the perfect uh, segue. <laughs> segue. I know what it is. Um, Alec, tell us what you've been playing. Uh, a lot of Destiny 2. Uh, Hell yeah, Lightfall. that's badass. Yeah, Lightfall story, it's like that's in whatever. But man, uh, we actually reviewed the expansion for shared screens. You can go watch that over there. And that, um, the story itself is, man, not the best. But man, everything post completing the campaign has been some of the best Destiny I've ever played. Like, it has been so strand has been so much fun. Like once you unlock it all and not stuck with the grapple, um, the raid was actually really fun. I don't raid very often, but because I was doing the review, I felt like I should, you know, experience the entire expansion of what that has to offer. And the story for season of defiance has been so good. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, just it's, it's bungee. So it's like the, gunplay or the guns just feel so good in that game so it's like it's just one of, it's that perfect podcast game where you just throw a youtube video on in the background and just do some dailies go, go on some strikes just yeah it it's such a fun game and i'm still going back to it even though i tell myself i'm done with it <laughs> <laughs> i can never be done with it i in fact i tell myself i'm going to play something else and then i'm just like 10 minutes in, I'm like, oh man, Audrey's on Destiny right now. What if I were to? Mm. <laughs> and then yep. I do that well, instead. Exactly what I'm finding myself in just in that vicious cycle of just like, I could play a story driven game, but then just my brain is just like, I just like having multiple things going on. So I play Destiny and I have something else on another screen. And yeah. <laughs> just my brain is just happy. Just and multiple things going so on. so good at giving you those like just little checklists of like, oh man, you know, yes. I'm so close to like getting this seasonal challenge done or oh, I'm so close to rank nine in my guardian rank or yep. oh, I'm so close to getting the last little bit of pinnacle gear this, this week. Yep. It's just, yep. Always a reason to play. Oh yeah. But then, uh, I've actually just wrapped up my replay through of, uh, star Wars Jedi fallen order getting prepped for a uh, survivor later this month and Jedi survivor that's actually a game i have done a couple like start a couple different playthroughs but they never got too far like maybe like the second planet just because like i think it was one of them was the ps5 patch like 60 fps patch um another one was when it came to pc uh for ea play and game pass booted up a bit there but this is the first time I've actually gotten like beaten the game fully since 2019 when the game came out. So it was cool getting to back to some of the later portions of the game where I just had, I kind of like knew the major beats, but forgot like the inner workings of how they got from place to place. So it was really cool to see that. Yeah, I've been thinking about doing a replay. I mean, I've beaten that game five times, so I was like, maybe <laughs> oh, wow. one more. Uh, maybe one more getting ready well, for Survivor, but we'll especially see. too because I actually have the book Battle Scars, which is takes place between the games. So I wanted to beat that game, read the book before Survivor comes out. Just so literally, it's like everything I'm caught up on. 
Might need to do that. God, I love that. I know Chad has bad taste and didn't like the first one, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm really sorry play I played PS5. it when it was broken at launch and wasn't you did as play, good. You played it on? <laughs> I mean, I did too, I'm sorry, and I, I still supported it, it like... with, with $60. <laughs> but no, I, I adore it, and uh, I'm excited mm-hmm. that you're, you're playing, replaying that. I'm, but I played man, with I some mods this time around, and it was fun. Like, oh, sorry, with the different lightsaber hilts and stuff? Uh, different, yeah, that. Um, yeah, I had a few different mods installed. One of them... Um, I changed Cal Kess's, like, you know, kind of default suit to uh, a character from the Force Unleashed, uh, mm-hmm. General Rom Coda. Um, well, Chad, what is so funny okay down there? here? He's dying I laughing you, in the corner. I know you can't hear it because of the Discord, the Discord noise game. <laughs> I just let out a massive fart and it scared my dog and he barked at my ass. <laughs> I was like, "Your just turned into beet red, <laughs> bro." You turned into a tomato first. You look like Larry the tomato. <laughs> Wait, is it Larry the cucumber? I don't know. Oh it's Larry the cucumber, God. and I don't remember the tomato. Jacob the tomato. Was it Bob the tomato? Bob, it is Bob the tomato. You're right. Uh, yeah, Chad. I didn't hear any of that, but I hope the podcast <sighs> listeners hear all of it. I don't remember it. Let's see. All right, one forty-one on my on my time code. I'm trying to make sure that that's like amplified. Oh, God. oh lord but yes mods <laughs> um cool yeah guys. so different outfit um and then just a couple like kind of gameplay stuff like one of them is a it was a dismemberment mod so like stuff actually you know limbs actually fly off it was kind of in an alpha beta stage so it's like they got like the same body parts kind of flung off every time but it was still cool like yeah. actually have something not just the stormtrooper just fall um, and then yeah. the other one was uh lights like a lightsaber marks so like when you're swinging your lightsaber around like walls and floors would actually leave a mark in there mm. rather than just like inside so some sort of metal or like the imperial stuff it would leave marks in the base game just cool. nothing too crazy but just stuff to kind of change it the thing that sucks is that the mod i use for like the outfit it would cut out like bb8 or a bd1 would uh like kind of phase in and out like i could only see his legs so it was like something mm. with the the outfit itself was kind of messing with that so like that kind of sucked but yeah you got used to it it was, it was still just more part. to i could play on an easier difficulty um just to kind of get through the story but some of those fights are still rough <laughs> yeah i eventually had to switch to the super easy game. difficulty because i i found that it, the the countering mechanic was not as like refined as Sekiro which had just come out before mm. it too and so I was really used to that like really like twitchy th- and then like I, this didn't feel as good to me and it was really difficult for me to find mm. the timing on it so I was like I gotta back this down to easy to have a huge open window oh, especially in these boss fights that final boss fight where she can just do an attack that like drains your health your force and all that and literally does like half your health yeah <laughs> it's just like cool <laughs> out of yeah. heels and it's like i was a i was so close to lowering it to like the easiest difficulty but it was one of those like i got her within like the last couple swings and then we just have that uh, one of the best cameos in gaming bro with Darth the end of that game is wild <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. oh it's a horror movie now and that's great i love that yeah it's very cool so yeah all right uh chad what have you been playing besides d2 tos plus monday night football yeah I mean, football been playing Monday Night Football over in the UK. They do uh, the Manchester United <laughs> versus what's the Ted Lasso team? The oh, AFC Richmond. Richmond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. UFC Richmond. Yeah, no, no. It's Destiny Two Trials of Osiris. No, 
I don't know why I put OS for Trials of Osiris. TO, Trials of Osiris, and MNF nice. is Master Nightfalls. One of, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the changes they made this season is the way that Legend and Master difficulties work. Like, it used to be just a high power level, and you could eventually grind and get up to that power level, and then it's, mm. like, accomplishable. And now there is a cap. Like, Legend is always at 1630, and you will always be capped at 1615. And Masters, it's a 20-point gap, too. So, like, it, it's an interesting little spin yep. on it, and it's something that you will never be able to grind to, like, feel powerful in it but it was too it was too hard like it was all way too hard uh, yep. for a while and especially like the legendary lost sectors and stuff like that so this week uh they nerfed the difficulty they gave the all the enemies and stuff like that a lot less health in legend and master stuff than they had previously so yeah, like 10 percent less health yeah and it, it made a big difference and so we did a master oh, really? nightfall yeah we did a master nightfall which this week was the glassway strike which is like infamously one of the worst freaking nightfall strikes in the yeah. world and we beat it our first try it was like i felt more competent and more confident in my playthrough of this version of the master nightfall than i ever did in in one where i could grind up to that level so like it felt good and it makes me feel good about maybe okay. being able to do a grandmaster because I, I only need one more strike and i think glassway used to be like the sixth strike for my seal that i could never get mm. So like I'm like oh man I might be able to do this pretty easily on Grandmaster, so that was a relief uh, okay. to see that that content get nerfed a little bit so it's more approachable. And then trials, mm -hmm. it was double trials this weekend, and trials is like all the sweats, the play hards, the try hards, yeah. uh, playing PvP. Yep. Something that I have never wanted to do, I have never been good at. In fact, I only did it last year once because they changed the way that like the gear that you get is acquired. So like. You could actually get and the armor just by losing a lot. Too. Yeah, and that's so why I got, I got a whole bunch set. of <laughs> stuff. Yep, I got that full armor set, and now this year they introduced you could go back and get legacy armor. You could exchange engrams for mm -hmm. legs. I was like, damn it! Now there are two whole sets that I need. So we played last night, and it actually wasn't. I don't know if they like improved their matchmaking skills, but Audrey and I played uh, with randoms. Like it just matchmade us with a third random all the time last night and it was like we actually won a few matches and and we won the 50 rounds like individual rounds it's mm -hmm. like best of five we won 50 rounds over the course of maybe two oh, hours dang. enough to get the pinnacles uh for the week so i was like damn i didn't have as miserable of a time as i thought i would i still felt super inferior so, to most people but so what you're telling me as you said was it friday or saturday night you said you played this was last night, so Saturday night. Last night, okay, okay. So not Sunday afternoon, like what we, me and a couple people did. We were just <laughs> getting destroyed because we were waiting till the flawless pools went up. So oh, thinking yeah. like, oh, people would go move to those, and so it wouldn't be as sweaty in the regular. But nope. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely had I'm to play not a like PvP person. So I'm either. more PvP. My my crew, we run PVE content and only do PvP when we have to. Like when we have to yep. grind out a stupid iron banner shader or when we have to grind out yeah. something. I don't else mind iron banner. I think it's, it's trials is just that next level of PVP. Yeah, it's gross. I hate it. But I didn't have uh, the point is I didn't have as terrible of a time as I thought. And in fact, I might go play a little yeah. bit more today just to because I after two hours of playing, I still only got one piece of armor and I still have like <sighs> nine more to go to complete both sets. So chasing that immortal SMG. 
Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also saw after two after two hours, like man, we're ranking up, we're getting lots of points and stuff like that. And then I went to go check our rewards, and like we only got the first two categories of rewards. And I was like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, I played Wario Land three, which we did the barf episode for that just went up yesterday. So if you're listening, go check that out. That's our backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends game that you all get to vote for. So over at patreon.com slash respawnamefire and twitter.com slash respawnamefire, you voted in a poll. And for April, you have voted for us to play... Shit, what are we playing? Oh, uh, Strangers Final of Fantasy Paradise. Origins, Stranger Final of Fantasy Paradise. Origins. We're going to kill Ooh, chaos. Ooh, killing chaos. Yeah, kill Cannot chaos. wait. It was a close run between that and Bionicle Heroes. And in fact, they tied on Twitter. But that wasn't enough to uh, complete the Patreon vote. I will say, I I appreciate that Alex is a fan of these weird random games, but trying to find Bionicle Heroes sounded like a nightmare. So yeah, I'm kind of right? glad it's an, a common game, or like a, a modern <laughs> yeah. game, excuse me. Um, yeah, so go go check out our, our March Barf episode with Warrior Land 3. We had John Hansen from Pixel Street Podcast on there, so he had some great insights. In fact, I think he was probably our most positive on the game. And maybe Alex was the most negative on it, or was it you? Adam? Which is strange. Did you hate it? I can't remember. No, I thought it was. Fun. I thought it was really yeah. um, for two thousand. I was like, this is really impressive for two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, this literally just happened forty eight hours ago, and I've forgotten everything yeah, we said Alex about it. So. Hated it. He said it was the worst thing he's ever played in his life. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I'm pretty sure he said he stomped his 3ds that he was playing on it. Like he just bought all oh, this geez. 3ds eShop eShop stuff, yeah. and then he just like stomped it and. And something about flushing it, like not down a toilet, but like hate, down to, some, hate to see it. A waterfall? I can't remember. Down anyway, go check out that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to hear the the Wario Land Three cockroach story that I teased last time, check it out. Check it out. That's it. That's all I played. Right? Oh yeah. And then DD Hat is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, which I had yeah. as DD Hot on here before. I don't know where my brain counts. was. Yeah. Honor, honor among, among thieves. thieves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna move on to our last couple of stories in the quest log today. And so I got it before we get there. Interest, Alec. This is an interesting story to tell you. How, first of all, how do you feel about Breath of the Wild? Oh, I love it. It was Good. one of those games okay. I just okay. lost my entire life to when it came okay. out. Perfect, because. I thought I was alone in the world, but me and Chad both didn't like that game. I don't think it's awful, but I was just like, this is not what <laughs> I want to play from a Zelda game. Chad's similar. Alex Kozina also felt the same way. It's like, wow, how do we randomly find these three people who don't like Breath of the Wild? Mm. But he recently said he's trying to replay it, getting ready for Tears of the Kingdom, so he might flip his switch. Mm. Uh, so we'll see. But it's good that you're a big fan because you can talk more about the story than me. Is that me, pun intended, uh, Adam? Like he gets so frustrated, he flips his switch? Yeah. That's exactly what I meant to do. <laughs> or like flip a light switch. Like, oh, I feel differently about this. Yeah. Yeah. Spin over. But All not right. flip his switch light. Get it? Get it? Uh-huh. Get it? Because it's handheld. Puns? No, because it. there's a uh, switch light <laughs> handheld, Adam. Yeah, I understand this, Chad. God damn it. Don't God fight in front of the guests. stomping all over my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Tears of the Kingdom was shown off. Uh, some Chris Scullion at VGC. Nintendo was released. Te- and this is why I want you here, Alec, because you like mm-hmm. it. So you can explain why. this oh, us out. Yeah. Yes, that works. Uh, Nintendo was released 10 minutes of gameplay footage from The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And I only took the choice stuff. So there's more interesting things. Throw them mm-hmm. in here at the end and tell us about it. Uh, yeah. The footage, which is narrated by series producer, producer is it Anuma? 
Okay, I'm very bad with I'm bad with words in general. Uh, shows off Link's new ability in detail. The footage opens with Link uh, exploring Hyrule uh, on a horse, while areas of land referred to as Sky Islands can be seen high in the air. A large piece of rock falls from one of the Sky Islands. Link uses one of his new abilities, Recall, which rewinds time, stands on the rock using Recall, and he reaches the Sky Islands above. Um, the footage then shows Link on a large uh, on a larger Sky Island where he takes on a new enemy called a Construct. We're then shown another new ability, Fuse, in which this is the one thing everyone's loving, in which Lynx mm -hmm. takes a tree branch and, and sticks it to a larger rock to create a new weapon, a makeshift hammer, which the memes are great, where it's just like sticking stuff on top of stuff and making cool <laughs> weapons. I do think that looks cool. This game has turned into nuts and bolts, and nobody can convince me otherwise. Uh, a new ability, Ultra Hand, shows Link... Uh, joining together large objects with a sticky substance. In one example, he joins three large logs together to make a raft, then detaches and reattaches some logs to change its shape. Finally, the footage demonstrates Link's new Ascend ability, which has also been seen in previous trailers. With this ability, Link can pass through some ceilings. While the move has some restrictions, uh, Anuma says, as long as there's a ceiling, you can use it anywhere. So again, I took the basic stuff out of there. There's a 10-minute video, and he's explaining everything that goes along. Alec, the fan of Zelda... How, what did this do for you? I mean, I'm in. Like, this just took... I almost didn't even watch this just because we're so close. Like, we're basically a month out at this point. Um, and I'm like, do I want to... Because one of the cool things about Breath of the Wild was just getting to see all this new things for the Zelda franchise. And... But a couple people were just like, nope, I think you should watch it. It has some really cool stuff in it that will got me even or got that maybe more hyped so you know just watched it on my own and man like that fuse ability was so cool because i don't know just much like a lot of people i wasn't like the biggest fan of the weapon degradation system just i was like you know like other zelda games where it's you have your sword that is your sword you don't have to go around finding tree branches or mm -hmm. hammers or whatever um but this like kind of feels like a good like uh, sorry, I, I like to diffuse. Uh, I know we read that it's like, oh, you take a hammer and a, or you take a stick and a rock and it makes a hammer, but like that you can also get extra things out of it. Like they showed you took an eyeball yeah. on the end of an arrow, an arrow and it's now a homing missile and the eyeball like exactly. actually goes and yeah. kills the bird. So stuff. it's like a good, or not, kind of evolution of that weapon degradation or kind of an answer to it where it's like, hey, this isn't going anywhere, but here's something to help remedy that. I thought it was really mm. dope, and I think I, I thought what they showed was dope, and it will make Zelda Breath of the Wild fans happy. And if they enjoyed the first game, they will absolutely mm. love everything about the second game. Because when I hear people talk about Breath of the Wild and how much they love it, I hear stories of like, oh my god, there's so many ways to do X number of things. Like, oh, there's this mm -hmm. puzzle that I had to complete, and you could do it this way like you're supposed to. Or I could take a large sword out of my backpack, throw it on the ground between these two like little yep. electrical things, and then that will complete a circuit that like... You can do so many ingenious things. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what they love about it is that just interacting and living in this really fully thought out physical world with like the physics of it, I guess, is what I was trying mm -hmm. to get at. Yep. For me, I still have not seen the answer to whether or not I will like it because a lot of my gripes were around like there's no progression really in the game. You have all your abilities from the beginning. Your weapons degrade. You don't feel like, like you find something strong and then it's gone in a second. Mm -hmm. They're like the... There are the rewards in the game are not worthwhile to me. I did so many side quests that ended with this, a chest that had an opal in it. And I'm like, no one wants a fucking opal. And so like, and the dungeons, of course, the dungeons were kind of like bare bones to me, which were, yeah. I guess they're not dungeons. They're divine beasts. 
So I have not still seen from Tears of the Kingdom whether or not I will enjoy this game. And that's something I'm still, to me, because they're not saying that, it seems like it's more of the same with just extra things that people will enjoy if they enjoyed the first game. Mm-hmm. New ways to interact with this world, not necessarily a more interesting and complex and worthwhile world for me to explore. I think it's going to be one of those things that they're holding something to the ch- close to the chest. Like they're they're they've been really cautious about what they're showing. Like I mean, they held the title for so long on this game. And like even this that cuz it's just crazy to like if they're holding that back at that long, like what else are they holding back? Cuz like I I think they heard a lot about you know people wanting dungeons back so i think i think we're going to be getting dungeons and i want to see a lot of people breaking down like frame by framing this trailer or this gameplay video it's like where are the shrines like they couldn't see any shrines when link was diving off the island back to the ground (laughs) so yeah it's just because there were there were some good shrines in there like one out of every mm -hmm. eight shrines i went in and was like oh this is a legitimately interesting puzzle to try to figure out Mm-hmm. And whereas, like, the other six the or seven of them ones. were like, yeah. It's the one with like, the motion control maze where you got to bring the ball oh, through the yep. maze. Or <laughs> the, just the same the one combat where... shrines that you go to over and over and over. It's like just me defeating mm-hmm. the same fucking enemy every time. But then there's, like, the really cool ones. Like, there's the one, I, I forget its name, but, like, it, like, took away all your equipment and you had to, like, defeat the enemies on that island or with whatever was on there. That was oh, really cool I got one. that one. Yeah, it's, it's where like you like randomly more... show up on that island after a storm yeah. and you don't have any of your stuff anymore. Yeah. Yep. I remember people being really into that. We'll see, I suppose. I would like for if they can meet that medium ground where like the the physics puzzle creativity along with the old school people still want to do dungeon stuff. Mm-hmm. If they mix that, I they got a bang. I mean, they probably got a banger on their hands regardless, but I think more I people mean, would be happy. They got me back in. Like I've already pre-ordered it. I got PTO for May twelfth off, so I'm I like if you need me May twelfth, I'll be in Hyrule. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, we'll go on to our last story for the day. Uh, Alec, you're gonna love this. I write things for myself, right? <laughs> so you look at this headline, and it explains nothing, but it's just a joke because of what I say next. All right, I, I'm just bringing you into my mm-hmm. jokes are, are funniest process. when you explain them. I got to explain. He's new. He doesn't know. <laughs> uh, anyways. Comedy. Some, yeah, it's great. Someone finally did what's right. Uh, Christina Alexander at IGN. The murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> See? When I say someone did what's right, and then I, the immediate follow-up is that someone murdered Sonic. That's You're the right. joke. That is funny. It was the right thing that, to kill Sonic. That's really funny, Adam. Thank you. I, I, I tried. I tried. Uh, <laughs> the murder of Sonic Good old the Hedgehog. knee slapper. Ooh, buddy, uh, a new murder mystery title featuring the blue, bur- blue blur, not Bill Burr and his friends, was released for free <laughs> on Steam on April 1st. <laughs> and the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, Amy Rose is throwing a murder mystery themed birthday party for all of her friends aboard the Mirage Express. When Sonic suddenly dies, poor guy, you play as a new character who just happens to be a new crew member starting their first day aboard the train and work with Tails, Knuckles, Shadow, Rogue, and more characters solve the mystery behind Sonic's murder. <laughs> Uh, you get to interrogate everyone, including the host herself, about what happened to Sonic, play mini games on the handheld, and meet a conductor who's set to retire after several years of service on the Mirage Express. As the game progresses, you start to question if Sonic's death was part of the game, or if there are malicious intentions. So yeah, it's like, 
mystery murder theater and Sonic was the guy who got murdered. I don't know. It's free on Steam. It was an April Fool's joke and I downloaded it. So I will play it and I will let you know how it turns out. I just thought it was funny that they made a game about Sonic getting killed. I didn't even put together that it was an April Fool's thing. I mean, I I saw that it was real and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, this is this is like. Uh, what a fun out of left field thing for them to do. But then it's like, oh, fuck, it makes sense 100% now. That it's well, it's really thing. funny, though. Like, I actually was on Steam. I didn't download it, but uh, on Steam, like, they have, like, the mostly positive, you know, positive, negative, all that. Like, kind of, you can see how people are reviewing it. And this one had, like, a, I don't think it was overwhelmingly positive. I think it was very positive. But still, like, just to see it on that side be a free thing about Sonic. And it's like, that's really cool that people are actually really, like, into this. Yep, it's right here. I'm looking at my Steam library. There it is downloaded. I'll play it eventually. If if I have like a fun for three hours and they're making a joke about Sonic being dead, it's yeah. uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm all about it. So that's fun. Is um, Agatha Christie's, I, I assume it's just like this is a ripoff of Murder on the Orient Express. If it's, it's, it feels yeah. like it. A is, murder, that, is, that, uh, is that public domain now? Has Agatha Christie been dead long enough? I feel to... like it's been long enough. Yeah. Maybe. She made those books I mean, like just 500 movie, years ago. So I don't know. Yeah. Agatha Christie's been dead a long time, I think. So, does that make her works public domain yet? And the thing he actually How writes that entire thing into years Google. It's not a bit. Are required. I think Let's it's a hundred years actually. Uh, uh, like something that just happened with uh, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, no, that just, so movie. the mysterious affair at Styles from 1920 and the secret adversary from 1922 are public domain the rest mm-hmm. of her novels will enter public domain between the years of 2019 and 2073 she wrote for a very long time it sounds like yeah because it's right? 100 years i believe after the work is published it becomes public domain uh in the uk and most of the civilized word world her works will fall into public domain in 2046 70 years after her death oh 70 okay interesting hmm. this might be it this might not but it definitely seems to be aping that uh, Agatha Christie book. Yeah. Uh, and that's it for the stories today. Which means it's time for Game on Game Show. The Game on our gaming show. We play a game called Game on. The gaming show on our game show. Game, 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 game. We have a returning segment today. Uh, one we've done several times. This one is called, Is Resident Evil Good? Oh, yeah. This is a good one. So this is, this is a game show where uh, I have the Metacritic scores for a series of Resident Evil games. And I want you all to guess what you think that game got, and then we'll figure out whether or not you think Resident Evil games are actually as good as they are, according to Metacritic. So I have on here more games than I thought I was going to do. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13, I was like, we're going to keep it to only the mainline games, the numbered mm-hmm. games. Okay. And then there are so many remakes of the numbered games too, but like, yeah, so we'll, let's try to, let's try to rapid fire this. Yeah, we'll rapid, we'll yeah. rapid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I've got visuals up on the screen too for everyone at home to see, or y'all can see over at twitch.tv slash affableidiots or youtube.com slash at Respawning Fire. Yes, yeah, it is that's how YouTube works. Fire. It's with the at symbol. All yeah, right, yeah. so we're going to go not chronologically, but uh, sequentially by, mm, there you go. by number, starting with Twist Resident Evil Zero. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call it, and, and we'll we'll snake this. So it's going to start, uh, mm-hmm. Alec, you're our guest. So I'll let you make a guess at what you think Metacritic score oh, for Resident Evil Zero was. And I'll give you a little bit of context 
Obviously, mm-hmm. for many of these games, they released on multiple platforms. I am taking mm-hmm. the highest scoring platform on gotcha. release day. So sometimes oh, it came to gotcha. additional platforms afterwards. Highest scoring platform on release day. Um, so Alec, what do you think Resident Evil Zero for GameCube got? I am gonna go eighty-two. Eighty-two. Eighty-four for me. Eighty-four. All right. Survey says eighty-three. Y'all straddling, straddling that thing. Uh, So you are both one away. Oh no! I've accidentally deleted my formulas out of this thing. So we're gonna do. uh, Oh no! That minus that. Bam! What? And then we're gonna bring that over, Papa John's, and we're gonna bring those down. Nope. What is going well, on here? we'll just we'll just do the averages and see who's closest average wise. All right, next up, Resident Evil, the original game came out on PS One. Adam, you're up. What's your guess? Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. All right, Alec. I'm just gonna go seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. All right. Survey says ninety-one. Oh, 91, yeah. Reviewed much better than y'all thought it did. Uh, Yeah. All right. Now, there's a remake that came out on GameCube several years later. What do you think the remake of Resident Evil 1 was on GameCube? Alec, you're up. I'm going to go solid 90. 90? Ooh, why 90? Because I know I, I know there's a lot of improvements from that, but just you know, be coming with the times, you know, just got gotta be doing inflation, you know. Inflation, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Adam, what you thinking? Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Survey says ninety-one, same as the first. <sighs> Man, wow, that's yeah, actually the shocking. score was adjusted for inflation. Yeah. There you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now we're talking about Resident Evil 2 on PlayStation. The original PlayStation version of Resident Evil 2. Adam. 93. 93. All right. All right. The first one was a 91. um, People like 2 a lot more. So. Okay. Alec, what do you got? Going to go 91. Keep the trend going. 91. Let's see what it is. 89. Ooh. Really? A little bit of a deviation in the downwards direction. All right. Hmm. Let's see if inflation kept up. Resident Evil 2 Remake. Alec, you're up. I'm going to give that a 93. I don't like that one. What'd you say, Adam? 92. 92. 93 is the score. Alec gets that right on. Uh. All right. Next up comes Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. This is the original release, right? This is the original Mm. release, correct. 81. 81. All right. Alec? 86. Survey says... 91. Oh. Talk about some revisionist history, right? 
I thought people hated Resident Evil. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but like liked it a lot less. Yeah, know? yeah. It turns out, no. In fact, they liked that better than Resident Evil Two, and equally as much as they liked Resident Evil. That's weird. All right, what about the remake of Resident Evil Three that came out recently? Conspicuously not titled Resident Evil Three Nemesis. Just Resident, Resident Evil 3. Just remake. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten who this is. Alec, are you up? I think it's Alex for it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, I'm going to go 88. 86. 86. All right. This one is an 84. Ooh, did not do as well. Yikes. Not even a little bit. Because that, that's what, what people said about the remake is what I remember. I didn't remember them saying anything about Nemesis, but I don't know. It's mm-hmm. also the PS1, so there was like three people reviewing video games, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, right, inflation. We, Boom. Yeah. Then we get to Resident Evil 4 on GameCube. What do you think, 95. Adam? 95. Oh, man. Highest one to date, huh? I think people were horny for that game. Like, <laughs> nobody's business. Mm-hmm. All right, Alec, what do you think? You took what I was going to guess. So you can guess the same. That's totally okay. You can guess yeah. the same. Okay. 94. 94. Sorry, that's sticking out to me. 96. Dang it. Resident <laughs> Evil 4. Game a coin got flip. a 96. It was a coin flip for me. I went the wrong way. Yeah, I took your, I took your number. All right. Now, last week, Resident Evil 4 Remake was released on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S and PC. How do you think that one fared? Uh, Alec, you're up. Uh, yeah, I'm going 93. That'll 93? be a 94, Bob. 94, Bob. Did the people agree? 93. 93 was the Man. score that Resident Evil 4 Remake has right now. All right, now we can you know do the Resident I, Evil 5. Yeah, go, Adam. As we're going through this, I know we're going rapid fire, but man, I did not realize people liked Resident Evil this much. Like, we've oh, done yeah. this game before, and there's a lot of, like, Pokemons are, like, all in the 80s. And all of these are, like, 90-something plus, which is wild to me. Like, yeah. yeah. Basically, everything, yeah. I think there's been one under 85. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Wait till you deviate from the numbered entries in the series, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I've heard. That's what yeah. I've heard. Yeah. All right. Resident Evil 5. First co-op Resident Evil mainline game. What do you think, Adam? Right, we're on 87. Adam? 87. Yeah. Okay. I think we're on me. Yeah, 87. 87. Okay. You know, put me down for 87 as well, because that's what I was in my mind. Is... Yeah. It is 86. Very close. Very close. We're really good at this game. How old are we? Yeah, say right? <laughs> we're pretty <laughs> this good. This is not usually, like, usually sometimes there's like 11 or 12 or 15 points of difference. Ooh, Pokemon, I was pretty all close, yeah. over the place. Holy. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. All right. All right. Resident Evil 6. This was the one with three separate co-op campaigns that you play. Yeah. Alec goes first, too, which right. is good. I think... I know this one wasn't quite as much liked, so I'm going to go 82. Yeah. I was thinking low 80s because I'm like, but how much... Again, how much of this is revisionist? For like, so I'm like, right. oh, cool. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go 83. And the number is 74. Okay, so this Ooh, was the one people actually did not like. Was, okay. Yeah, and this one I think was a pretty okay. wide margin too. I think 74 was maybe the Xbox version, and then the PC and PlayStation were like in the mid-60s. Oh, dang. Yeah. Then we get to Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. 
a return to form for the series, some might say, and a step into the first person. And uh, um, who's up? Is it Adam? It's I think Adam. it's me. I'm going to yeah, go 90. Yeah. A solid 90. 9-0 mm -hmm. across the board, baby. Mm -hmm. Okay. 88. The number is 86. Hmm. Making it so far, what is this, like the fourth worst? Oh, it's tied, right. for, tied for third worst scoring Resident Evil game, which I would certainly not have guessed at that point. No, for an 88 or 86. That's, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then the I last guess one we on came off of six on to seven. Everyone's like, oh, people like Resident Evil again. They hated it. And now they love it. Mm -hmm. But apparently they yeah. only thought it was yeah. pretty good. Okay. All right. So now we're getting into Resident Evil Village, which is technically not ever referred to by Capcom as Resident Evil 8. But they do have but the Roman is. numeral highlighted in the title. Yeah. Um, so Resident Evil Village. And we are on Alec. What is your game? And this is also the final game in our in our thing. Um, let's go 89. Adam. 87. 87. And the answer is 84. Wow. 84. Okay. Making okay. it talking about this game, this game for, of the year contender. I know, What's right? It's tied for second mm -hmm. worst game in the series. Jeez. Huh. Which is wild. So, yeah. in general, so if we average all of these out, oh my god. Alec, you are so good at this game. Okay, in general, Metacritic <laughs> and the industry thinks Resident Evil games, the mainline series, are around an 87.769. Alec also thinks, in general, they are an 87.769. In fact, 87.76923. To be exact. And both of them are also 76923. So Alec basically nailed it. And there's no yeah. way to beat him. Um, <laughs> and then Adam came in second spot thinking they were, you think they're a little bit better than they actually are with an 88.23076. That's still pretty close. Yeah, still yeah. very, very close for this game. For sure. That's like within a half a point. Yeah. Cool. There you go. So now we know that yeah, Resident Evil games, I guess, Resident are pretty good. good. People like Resident Evil. I mean, when you're worst one is 74 but then that's like the outlier that's the outlier yeah, <laughs> yeah. everything oh, else is like mid 80s one. or higher take take everything i said about the other two and instead of being third worst they were fourth worst and yeah, then right. said second they were yeah. i forgot about the 74 one yeah i just didn't realize they were that popular i mean again i know people like resident evil i know people were like this is the greatest thing of all time <laughs> yeah too spoopy for me yeah i can't do it. those are those are scores like up there with some of the best like up oh, there yeah. with ocarina of time up there like those these are very well-reviewed games. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for our podcast, episode 302 of Respawn Aim Fire. Thank you, Alec, again for joining us. It was wonderful to meet you just now for the yeah. very first time. And um, Yeah, thanks for having me. I would love for you again to plug anything you would like to plug for where people can find you, how they can continue to support you, etc. Yeah, so you can find uh, me over on Twitter at AlecBobco. And uh, for what my content is, uh, I work er, uh, with a group of people over at Shared Screens. Um, just the good old, you know, username stuff. We have we couldn't have shared screens everywhere, so the best place to find it is bio.link/sharedscreens because then that just links to all our platforms and all that. You don't have to remember if there's an underscore, if there's not, if there's space, <laughs> whatever. Um, 
But yeah, we have pop culture podcasts where we uh, talk about the latest shows and movies, and then we also have some gaming podcasts. So we just reviewed Resident Evil 4 Remake. Uh, gave that uh, lead reviewer, Josh, uh, on that, gave it a 10 out of 10. Whoa! Wowie, wow. 10 out of yeah. 10. That's awesome. And yeah, we just re- also reviewed Lightfall recently, or Destiny 2 Lightfall, so go check out those two reviews. Probably not a 10 out of 10, but still good. Still good. No. No, yep. Very good. Very <laughs> good one. Dope. Well, thanks again, Alec, for joining us. If you're listening, you have homework, as you always do. Make sure you do it before next time. Go to patreon.com slash fire where you can uh, give us a buck, and that gets you all sorts of fun things, like the ability to influence our barf games for the month. Like access to our exclusive monthly uh, game show that is now being available for Patreon members. So we're recording our very first one. I forgot to ask Joel about when. Shit, I said his name. Now people are expecting him to be there, and what if the world happens and he doesn't make it? He's going to show up. Our special guest, I forgot to ask him about whether he's available. But yeah, very soon we'll be recording uh, our first one inspired by Jeopardy, but legally not called Jeopardy. Uh, so Alex is going to be running that, and again, we'll have a, a rotating uh, game show theme each month that you get access to first on Patreon.com. And uh, I think that's it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Thank you. Thank you for highlighting that. Barf. Barf game. Go watch Wario Land's Barf, and then next month for April, this month for April, is Final Fantasy Origins Strangers of Paradise. And as Adam so brilliantly pointed out, it's available for like 15 bucks at GameStop, and they have an excellent return policy within seven days. No questions asked if you buy it used. So <laughs> go do that, beat it, and return it to GameStop. And then pump money into their stock, diamond hands. That way I can get money. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't have GameStop stock anymore. <laughs> All right, that's it. Thanks again, Alec, for being here. Thank you, Adam, for also continuing to be here as a co-host, etc. every day. And thank you, Atreus, for barking at my fart earlier um, that no one, hopefully, everyone will get to hear on the recording. We'll see if it picked it up. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. The sound of two cans clinking together. Oh, That's what sex sounds like.